On today's episode, we continue to explore Cincinnati at my personal favorite brewery, Listerman. We tasted their coffee blonde ale and spoke with Abby Bricking, their co-tap room manager, assistant marketing director, and events coordinator, and Jess Gorman, the head of marketing and co-tap room manager. Tune in to learn more about this experimental brewery making some of the most delicious atypical beers and learn why it's my personal favorite brewery that I visited in Cincinnati. Hey everyone, welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back in Cincinnati drinking beers from Listerman this week. We'll be tasting their coffee blonde in just a few minutes. Like I mentioned, we're continuing to explore the craft beer scene in Cincinnati, which we'll be doing next week too, as we wrap up our month. I am here again with my awesome co-host for the month of June, Julie. Julie, you want to say a quick hello? Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we crack open a beer, I'll share a couple facts about Cincinnati with all of you, as I usually do, so you can build your repertoire of Cincinnati facts. So Cincinnati has the second oldest symphony in the country. It's called the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. It's kind of a tongue twister. And apparently it's haunted. And Julie, I feel like we're having kind of a theme because last week when we talked to Max at 50 West, he mentioned their old original production facility was possibly haunted too. And you know, I bet the warehouse at Rheingeist is probably haunted. There's a lot, I bet there's, I bet there are a lot of uh, uh, beer loving ghosts in Cincinnati for sure. (laughs) I know. I feel like that's kind of, that could be something sort of fun, like going on a ghost tour and you pick up a beer along the way. So yeah, maybe Cincinnati is like kind of haunted. I thought that was sort of funny. So you can clearly have a very elegant evening in Cincinnati if you're into that. Personally, I'm kind of more into a rock show at a dive bar. As long as their draft system is clean, I sort of prefer (laughs) a dive bar to a symphony. That's just me. Cincinnati is also home to the world's only ventriloquist museum. And honestly, if there's only one, I feel like there's a reason. I feel like no one really cares So honestly, Julie, like my nightmare date is clearly a ventriloquist museum and a symphony. So now I'm like, I'm picturing the ventriloquist museum at night with like the lights off and just like the haunted, just like staring at you. Uh, Yeah. So Cincinnati, definitely so many things going on. So something I wanted to mention uh, in your box that we got from the um, convention and visitors bureau. So they sent the chili packet that we talked about. Uh, They also sent the cute little Stein that we talked about. And then the last thing from them was this cool booklet um, all about Cincinnati. So there are some things in here that we talked about. There's the brewing heritage. Um, The community over the Rhine has been mentioned several times by a lot of our our guests so you can read more about that. Um, the chili is mentioned in there. And then the flying pigs. Remember last week, Max was talking about on the can, there was a flying pig. And I actually didn't know the history behind that. So you have a little booklet that explains all about the flying pig um, in Cincinnati and why that is a symbol of it. So it was really nice of the CBB to give this to us as well. So we get a little bit of that insider uh, look too. Yeah. Julie, are you ready to crack open the coffee blonde? I am super excited about this one because this is actually one of my favorite styles. It's a very unique type of beer. So I'm yes, I'm very excited about this one. Yeah, cool. Let's go ahead and crack it open. I've actually never had a coffee blonde before. <gasps> really? Never. You're in for a treat. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited to see what you think of it. Cool. I'm pumped. I'm gonna go ahead and pour this guy. So you're gonna notice right away that color does not make you think of coffee. 
It is this gorgeous kind of rich golden, almost amber like color, right? Yeah. When I look at this, it's completely transparent. Pretty much mm-hmm. the clarity is it's got great clarity. I can see my fingers through it. I always kind of hold up my hands to my beer. I don't really know why I do that, but I like to kind of really see the clarity on it. And yeah, it looks, it looks almost like an amber ale. It's got this beautiful kind of goldeny straw like color. Like you were mentioning. Yeah. Cheers guys. Cheers everybody. Thanks for being here. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That coffee hits you almost in the finish. Yeah. I feel like I get it at the end. Yeah. It's probably because those kind of like, you get a lot of bitterness in the back of your throat. So when you're swallowing it, that kind of the bitterness and the tannins from coffee are going to be coming out. Good nucleation too. Remember on the first, the first week you talked about nucleation, this one really has some nice bubbles that it really holds nicely. Absolutely. And yeah. And the coffee is like, it's there but it's subtle. So like, this is a really good refreshing beer. If you want something that like you love the taste of coffee, but you're not looking for something really heavy. Like this is where it's at. It's super refreshing. I did not know what to expect. Cause typically when you, you know, think of a, a coffee beer, you think of something dark, like mm-hmm. a stout or a porter. I'm really, really surprised with this one in a great way. It's delicious. It's refreshing. The mouth feel, it kind of just, it's got that effervescence, you know, that kind of brightness to it, sort of zingy and zippy, as I always like to say. <laughs> and whenever I'm tasting a beer, I like to let the beer fully saturate my tongue, like really kind of let it sit on there because your taste buds, they all sort of work in different ways. Mm-hmm. They pick up a little bit differently, each of them. And then I just kind of would like to hold it in my mouth for a second and sort of get that mouth feel and see what that really feels like. And it just helps with that finish and the taste and all that. Yeah. It really warms it up too. So I even just did that and realized after I held it in my mouth and swallowed it, um, that I got even more of the coffee. Cause I, I guess it kind of warmed it up a little bit that releases some of those flavors as well, which is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually better to drink your beers at slightly warmer temperatures, which typically in America, I feel like we're not as accustomed to that. We want like super cold drinks and I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes like I want my beer really cold, but I have to say when it sits out for a minute, I do get a little bit more of that aroma. Mm -hmm. I don't smell the coffee a ton in this, but I definitely taste just like a hint of it at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with our guests. So we do have a couple of really fun guests coming up in a minute, um, Abby and Jess uh, from Listerman Brewing. And I'm excited to talk with them about this beer specifically, among other things. So maybe we can ask them about that too, about how the coffee's added. Me too. Now, a little bit more about this beer. The Coffee Blonde clocks in at 5.8% ABV. Blonde ales, they're also sometimes called a golden ale, as you can see by the beautiful color we have here. They're generally a very approachable style. They're very kind of round and smooth, I would say. Mm -hmm. There's no particular dominating malt or hop presence typically. And I think that rings true with this one. This one's brewed obviously with coffee. So it gives it just a touch more body and a touch more aroma. And I would say a coffee blonde, as I was mentioning, is a pretty unique style, at least to me. I've never had one before. Like I was mentioning, I really love when brewers just kind of get creative and they pair things together. And I feel like Listerman is really great at that. Cause I know when we were there, Julie, we tried the peanut butter porter, the nut case, which I'm going to actually talk about in a minute. You know, typically you think of a peanut butter stout, not always in a porter 
And then they also had this great Irish cream stout. It was their Irish stout and they brewed it with Irish cream. And I actually took home a big old 32 ounce crowler of this. So obviously I was a fan. So yeah, I feel like Listerman, they kind of hit the mark with slightly atypical styles, but not too completely off-centered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I tried their nutcase um, and I really liked it because it felt like it was almost like a dry peanut butter. Like it wasn't super sweet or anything, which I feel like sometimes you get a lot of sweetness in beers like that. And the peanut butter porter that we had was like, it was dry. It almost made me think of like that peanut butter powder where it's like a drier peanut butter. So that was really tasty. I don't really go for things that are super sweet. So I definitely liked that. Yeah. There's some, something that's so fun about beer is there are like endless possibilities with it. So you think of other brewed beverages or fermented beverages, you don't always have as many options with the things that you can add to it, or even just with the base ingredients, like even with the Ryan Heitzkevote, which we talked about before, um, it's only, you know, three ingredients, technically four, and there's still like so many possibilities depending on, how, you know, the roast of the malt and the type of the hops and when you add it. Um, so you can get some, so creative with beer, which is so fun. While you guys are enjoying this beer, I want you to kick back and relax. I want to tell you a little bit more about Listerman. And first of all, I'm not just saying this. This was my favorite brewery in Cincinnati. I loved the vibe. It felt like a local watering hole. And I mentioned that to you several times, Julie, when we were there. Oh my gosh, you you were raving about it. You were just like, this was my favorite. I loved it. It was just like the the whole vibe and the environment when you were there. I mean, it felt so homey. Like when we were there, we'll, we'll meet with Abby later, but she basically like shoved beer at us. She's like, here, take all this beer home. Like, it was just like, welcome, <laughs> take all of our beer. We're so glad to have you here. So it was just, yeah, it was a really, really cool space. Yeah. It just sort of had this neighborhood feel to it that I really like. And I think I talked with you about this, Molly. So I used to live in the Pittsburgh area um, and there's a brewery out there called Couch and the environment there is so fun and so chill. It's just like what it sounds like. So you feel like you're in kind of like somebody's den in the seventies. It's just like couches everywhere. And they have Bob Ross playing like on repeat on the TV and people are just like hanging out in, in somebody's basement. It feels like just drinking a beer and just like the environment is so fun and just so friendly. That's so cool. I would love that. Yeah. Bob Ross, man, he can put you at ease, but a little bit more about Listerman. So Listerman was founded in 1991 by husband and wife, Dan and Sue Listerman. Dan began manufacturing homebrew parts and shipping them throughout the country. And this was done at Hamilton County Business Center, which is still visible out of the front doors of the tap room. After that, they purchased the building and opened the homebrew store. That homebrew shop is still on the premises, which was another thing that made Listerman really unique. So they do have their homebrew store. They have their brewery. Um, they have the brew house that was purchased by Dan from a cold call that he received from someone who was looking to sell one. So definitely kind of a leap of faith, like, yeah, sure, I'll buy a brew house. Why not? This will be fun. Um, and they open their doors with these two uh, barrel fermenters. I believe in signs and it sounds like he does too. You know, he kind of had that appear right in front of him and he took that leap of faith. I think that's really inspiring. And clearly it worked out for them because they had some award winning beers and not just some, actually many. So the Nutcase Peanut Butter Porter that we were mentioning earlier, that won a silver medal at the U.S. Beer Championship in 2020. So very recently. And their barrel aged Imperial Brown Ale called Chick Owl with an exclamation point at the end won 
won a gold medal at FOBAB, which stands for the Festival of Wood and Barrel Aged Beers. It also won Best in Show in that same festival in 2016. And they have about a dozen more awards, too. It's highly impressive. Yeah. And I mean, to give some more context to that um, FOBAB award. So there uh, were 412 beers, ciders and meads from 229 different breweries, which was up from only 213 in 2018. Um, And it was split out across 12 different categories um, and they won a gold medal. So definitely they're making some amazing beers out there. Yeah, it's no small feat. It's not like there's just you know, a dozen beers being entered in these competitions. There's a lot of beers. So really props to Listerman. They've won a ton of awards and they've just knocked it out of the park. But guys, without further ado, I want to welcome our guests on this evening, Abby and Jess. Ladies, come on. We are excited to have you. Hello. All right. You guys are, it looks like you're sitting in the brewery. I see some of that. We are. (laughs) They never give you a day off, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want one. No, it's, it's fun around here. It's all good. <laughs> That's great. We always kind of love to start with hearing about your craft beer origin story. So, Abby, I'll start with you. How did you get into craft beer? So, I actually went to college at Xavier University, which is right across the street from Listerman. Um, I started, I want to say, three years ago or so. I was working in the kitchen that's inside of Listerman. Um, I made the transition to the bright side pretty much as soon as I could. And I've been here ever since started as a bartender and now Jess and I are co-tapper managers. So yeah, I mean, Listerman was probably the first, I would say craft beer kind of venue that I really got into and totally spoiled my palate. You know, I can't drink anything domestic now. So I'm definitely a, I would say more prestigious beer drinker now, but it's all in, all in good faith. So yeah, yeah, you're just a smart beer drinker. That's exactly. what I like to say. Yeah, it's it's not snobbery. It's just having good taste. Absolutely. Just discerning. Yes, very discerning. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't as lucky to start off in craft beer. I started years and years ago with the uh, Bud Light Keystone stuff in high school and college. Uh, I actually got into craft beer uh, working at the Brass Tap in Clifton, which was a, a franchise from Florida. And that was probably eight years ago when I ended up at Listerman. Nice. That's awesome. And you know what? There's no shame in having some like cheap domestic beers. I mean, I, I still, I won't turn down a Miller High Life. Honestly, I won't. If you offer it to me, it just kind of brings back days of college, free spirited, broke, no money, but happy as hell. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's, there's, there's really, yeah, there's no shame in that at all. And guys, I want to mention that you're our first female guest that we've had on the podcast, which is amazing. I saw on your Instagram that you guys made a special beer for International Women's Day called Watch Out Ladies, There's Glass Everywhere. Can you tell me a bit more about that beer? Yeah. um, So the women that are employed at Listerman all have a hand in writing the recipe for that beer. Uh, It's an annual thing that we do. We also get to help brew the beer itself. Usually it's in the mash portion of the beer making. Sometimes it's on the post-fermentation and uh, flavor additives and stuff like that. Um, as head of marketing, I think Jess could probably speak more <laughs> about the design and stuff like that. But So I wasn't too much into the planning part of it last year, but this year I just kind of reached out in a mom's group that I'm in and asked for local artists if they would like to participate. Um, and I just kind of let whoever 
decide if they wanted to and submit their artwork. And then we picked our favorite and then we send it over to Lemon Grenade and they transfer it onto a label. So those are all hand-drawn by artists. Female artists. Female female artists, yes. I love that. That's awesome. And I love that you guys got to like have your hand in brewing. Do you guys brew ever homebrew or work in production at all? We help with canning and that side of it, but never, not usually in the actual brewing. Yeah, I would say for me, it's more very small batch we're bored on a weekend type of thing. I wouldn't say it's a regular hobby just because I simply don't have the time to. But, yeah. Um, it's definitely something that like I have an infatuation with. I think it's fascinating how complex homebrewing can be. Um, so I, I, whenever I can, I would say yes, but regularly, no. Yeah. I have yet to make a good homebrew. You know, I've only done it a few times, but yeah, there's a certain finesse to it, but it is, there's something kind of just methodical and almost soothing about it. You know, you're just kind of hovering over this thing that's going to become this amazing beverage to and share. It smells so good as it's, as it's being brewed. I love that yes. smell. Yeah, it totally <laughs> does. But there's so much going on, you know, in the brewery. I mean, marketing and then Abby, you help with the events and managing the tap room. What's kind of like a day-to-day like for you, Abby? Like when you come in, when you're managing, what is that like? I would say it's it's fun from start to finish. I mean, everybody here, because we're as small as we are, I think it's definitely a very family type of setting, which is kind of what you and Julie were talking about earlier. Um, my best friends are here. I would consider Jess one of my best friends for sure. I mean, home brewers alike, we've got our regular customers. It's all very casual. I would say Jess and I kind of float somewhere in between the tap room and the office space where the brewery is. Um, just past our sight line here is the office space. So everybody works really closely together pretty much all the time, whether that's on beer recipes, beer ideas, beer name ideas, label design ideas, stuff like that. It's all collaborative, which I think really sets us apart. And it seems like you have to, because you guys still have the homebrew store, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a lot of things. You guys have homebrew store, the brewery and the tap room. How do you kind of operate all three of those things, because they're pretty different. They're different. There's also a lot of overlap. Um, Our homebrew store also features some of the beers that are on tap. There's a recipe for the Chacao. There's a recipe for Nutcase. There's an IPA that's pretty popular. We partnered with the Cincinnati Zoo on that one. Um, They have a hippo there called Fiona. So we make Fiona. um, And then the homebrew store, it's called the Hazy Hippo. But as far as I understand, it's pretty much the same recipe. So there's also an opportunity for homebrew customers to come in. They'll get a beer on draft. They'll walk through the homebrew store, do their shopping. Brewers are always out in the tap room talking to customers as well. So everybody kind of works in conjunction with one another, which is really, really cool. That's cool. I think, yeah, me and Julie saw that when we were there, all the brewers were out having a beer. Uh, So the beer that we're drinking, uh, so we talked about this earlier, the title of it or the name of it is Coffee Blonde, but on the can, there's a mug that says Live Laugh Listerman. Do you want to talk a little bit more about kind of what that, where that comes from? So we had just, we we have a traditional series uh, where the labels are just very simple. So we had the background of coffee in a, in a coffee mug and it just seemed kind of boring. So I just wanted to hop on the Ray Dunn thing. And I sent to our designer, like, can you add some Ray Dunn live, laugh, Listerman on there? And that's what she sent us back. <laughs> so, 
I love it. And then the coffee in it, we were talking a bit about kind of the the flavor and the aroma. And I know as a brewer myself that there are kind of different ways to add coffee to a beer. How is the coffee added to this one? So the coffee in that one is added in the first fermentation process. The beer is in the bright tank at that point, and that's where all the secondary additions come in. Is it kind of like a, a cold brew or like straight beans or... It's ground beans that we use. Um, So we partner with a local coffee shop um, that really has a goal to work towards ethical and sustainable sourcing methods, which we think is really awesome. Um, They only use specialty grain beans that are available, kind of in an effort to support producers, suppliers, and consumers alike. And they work in origin countries. They employ college students to kind of integrate them into that kind of business model. So... Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing. I love hearing a bit more about kind of the uh, how you're supporting the community too in that way. Absolutely. Really, really neat. Yeah. Let's take a beer break. Our guest, Abby, mentioned the use of a bright tank. Now, what is a bright tank? So bright tanks are key components in the production of beer and are primarily used to clarify and carbonate beer. Bright tanks are the final step in the brewing process after leaving the fermenter. A bright tank allows the beer to further mature, clarify, and carbonate, as well as be stored for kegging, bottling, and canning. Beer will usually spend about two days in a bright tank to clarify and adjust carbonation levels. Now that I've brightened up your day, let's get back to the interview. I guess thinking a little bit, uh, kind of thinking ahead, what would you say are your goals for the future of Listerman? Uh, So we are under new management, Abby and I included. Um, We just want to kind of continue what Listerman has been known for and push the envelope on, you know, our different style beers, um, weird adjuncts, but also stay true to how we began with the typical styles like the coffee blonde. Yeah, I think what's really cool, too, is like Dan and Sue are in multiple times a week. Um, So we get to have face to face conversations with our owners. And Dan, he loves a legacy and he does have a legacy here in Cincinnati. So being able to have him in as regularly as he's in and get his input and work together again in conjunction with him so closely, I think is really special. That is. Yeah. When the owner's there, I feel like the staff will just automatically care more, you know, even if it's like, Oh God, the boss is here. I have to really be on my best behavior. That's kind of good. Or it's just showing that he cares. And do they both come in? They both still work there and do day-to-day stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Suda is all of our books and all the financial side of everything. So she's here often. So it's a family business. I love that. Through and through. I really did pick up on that vibe when I was there. It really did feel like this neighborhood joint. And I said it to Julie a few times. I was like, that was my favorite spot. And honestly, I mean, Cincinnati has this incredible brewing scene. I mean, we didn't go to a bad spot. You know, I loved them all. But there was something about Listerman. I knew if I lived here, I would go here a lot. Just seeing, like you mentioned, Abby, all the brewers, you know, they were up there having a beer, hanging out. Just something about the vibe was was wonderful. And then knowing that Dan and Sue, they come in, they put in that sweat. It You can feel it. You really can feel it. And ladies, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Your goal here is to not think, just answer. Jess, I'm going to let you answer first, then Abby, okay? Don't think, just answer. Okay. It's harder than it looks. All right. Favorite beer style to have on the beach? Sour. Sour. 
Favorite beer style to have in the winter? Stout. Porter. Last beer you drank and loved? Oh my gosh, that was six months ago. Double dry hop, double IPA. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Jess is with child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Taking it, taking a little break. That's yeah. true. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to tune back in to hear the first beer that you have after and what that was. It'll yes. probably be a Chacal. Oh yeah. <laughs> Favorite beer to have with food. I would still say IPA. I would probably go with a coffee blonde or something in, a, in that series. Something a West, little lighter. West Coast or East Coast IPA? East. West. Really opposite. <laughs> That's like me and Julie. She's more yeah. of, of the West Coast. I'm a little bit more of like the, the juicy ones. And yeah. I'm curious, do you get into non-alcoholic beers at all since you can't drink right now since you're pregnant? I have not. No, it's kind of like a tease. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I like, think a lot of the ones that I've seen are just kind of regular styles. Like if, if I want something now, it's like really fruity, like the pride beer, uh, we've got coming oh, yeah. out. Yes. We're, our a... brewer is dosing this beer in the background. They're right taunting. Now, so. <laughs> but nice. uh, yeah. So something like that. I will say, I don't know if I'm allowed to push this. Um, Athletic makes a really good non-alcoholic goza. Um, they're like non-alcoholic go. sours are amazing. So check Where it out. Where do I find that? Online. Yeah, <laughs> like Athletic Brewing. Yeah. They make a really good non-alcoholic goza. I, okay. I actually have some in my fridge too, just for, just to have in the middle of the day. Okay. I'll have to check I that love out it. as soon as we're done. Yeah. I'll check yeah. one too. Yeah. <laughs> what is Listerman's flagship beer? Do you have a flagship beer? Chacao mm-hmm. and Nutcase. Nice. Yeah, that nutcase was so good. I yeah. loved that one. And Julie, and- you were you were right in saying that it has like a peanut butter powder kind of. It, we use PB2 in that one. Yeah. So you, you, you hit it on the money. Love it. <laughs> was there a reason you guys chose to put that in a porter and not a stout? I feel like typically you see a lot of peanut butter stouts and not always porters. I love that you made it like a little bit lighter. The alliteration. I would, I would think that goes back to just Listerman traditionally being an experimental brewery. I mean, we're doing things, I would say, from day one and now that you aren't going to see at every other brewery that you pop into. So I would, I would guess that that was the choice and making it a porter rather than a stout. I love that. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier, kind of like these atypical beers, but not completely off center. They're all really approachable, Mm -hmm. but there's something unique about it where you go, Hmm, I've never had a beer like this before. That's hard to do. It is, especially, I mean, we're, we're lucky to be in Cincinnati where you can drive 10 miles any direction and be at another brewery. But at, at the same time, on the opposite side of the coin, that does make it challenging to, to make yourself stand apart. So it's a, you give and you take. So it's navigating the, navigating the waters, I would say. Absolutely. You guys definitely stand apart with your beers and the vibe, everything. Jess, Abby, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, I wanted to touch on our labels uh, a little bit because (laughs) the question we get constantly is (laughs) what kind of drugs is everyone on Listerman at Listerman on to come up with these labels? Uh, So the answer to that is none. (laughs) but so we back to the collaborative effort we will all just kind of sit in a circle and like somebody will say something funny and we'll just go beer name and then that will literally just snowball and we will end up with an idea (laughs) this 
Oh, it's backwards. It's I hated Listerman before it was cool. And (laughs) he's sitting at his computer writing a review that says the beer was too cold and I don't like stouts. So and that one is going to be made with devil's food cake. And then on the flip side, we have I liked Listerman before it was cool. (laughs) So it's we play into the criticism that naturally exists in an industry that will always it's always playful and it's always fun and in good spirit. Mm. I have a running note on my phone about potential beer names that I've heard people say, you know, just randomly. So it's 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 a lot of fun around here for sure. Yeah, no, and that's so great to have a sense of humor. I used to run a business and yeah, people will complain about anything. You know, they're like, the floor was too hard. And you're just like, you know what? Like, I always wish it was 1970 when I can just be like, screw you, don't come back. And there was no internet and they couldn't write a review and you could just kick customers out. That's like my secret wish. I'm like, I kind of wish it was pre-internet times and I could just tell customers to leave that I didn't like. Anyway, I'm grouchy today. I like myself. (laughs) You guys were awesome. And everyone, check out more of the amazing work Jess and Abby and their teammates do at listermanbrewing.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thanks to my lovely co-host, Julie, and my awesome guests. Be sure to tune in next week as we are going to have our last day in Cincinnati. I can't believe we're almost done. We're going to be wrapping up our time in Cincinnati, and we're going to talk with Cincy Brewbus founder, Mike Stokes, and we're going to taste Truth IPA from Rheingeist. Mike, Julie, and I shared an award-winning English mild together when we hung out in Cincinnati. Mike Mike honestly kept us laughing with his hilarious stories about owning a brew bus company. So be sure to tune in next week. Thank you all so much. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. And this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.